Bro. Welcome back to another episode of When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. This is our live reaction to the WWE Backlash pay-per-view from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Tonight, I am joined by none other than Matty Ice. Yeah. And I mean, that was, I mean, it was a fun show. It was a fun show. Uh, could have been a little bit better in places, but... For a pay-per-view to have not much build-up, it, it was pretty good. Yeah, that was my thought is they built it around, obviously, by around Bad Bunny. It had that, that hometown flair, but it was far and above better than any previous WrestleMania backlash. I'm not, did, not crediting any backlash pay-per-views before it became a WrestleMania thing, because those were a whole different thing. But since it became WrestleMania backlash, this was the best one. Yeah, I agree. The crowd was freaking electric. All right. So off that note right there, we're going to go ahead and start the first match of the night. And before before we start, we decided, Matty, I decided, our rating system for these matches will be out of five kendo sticks in honor of Bad Bunny and his kendo stick. It was just fitting. <laughs> it, it is perfect fitting. We start the, the night off with a match that I didn't anticipate kicking off the show. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Io Sky, the Raw women's title. Out was electric from the start, and I hope they go back to Puerto Rico for more shows because that crowd was far and above better than any U.S. crowd that we've had lately. You're correct. And uh, Bianca getting booed, she is not used to that at all. Uh, And it showed. No, and we're going to see her Friday Friday in Knoxville, her hometown, and it'll be the polar opposite reaction. Exactly. And to me, she is just uh, bland. Yeah, and, you know, we all, like, I guess – made fun of little cuz and at wrestlemania he talked about his prediction he goes bianca has ran her course and we're like well no she's this and here we are a month later going damn that little fella's right absolutely and this match uh, i think eo had it under control and then for some reason the rest of damage control interferes and, I, and I, i'm like for what reason it, it wasn't needed no, it wasn't. And for the first time, I think, since he's been champion, Bianca looked off. There were some very rough spots. She dumped Io Sky on her head. Yeah, not what, like four minutes into the match? And then she, like, flipped her off the top rope. Well, Io didn't let go. It looked to me like her arm did a full rotation on the rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was sloppy. And it was an okay opener. Was there big spots in it? Absolutely, but it just felt like the spots that were there weren't calculated correctly And when they went to attempt them. And I said this on Twitter and then went back and deleted it because of how I worded it. Uh, Bianca Belair, her current run, 
She is Super Cena. She she ate everything EO Sky did and whatever damage control did. And then it was soon as EO hit the mat, Bianca was standing right back up and hit the KOD. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, what? You just got beat up so much. And I believe I even sent you the message that Bianca is taking too much offense to lose this match. You, you did, and you're absolutely correct. And EO Sky looked like a million bucks. And she's she is the wrestler we knew she can be and has been for, God, years. I think she is the wrestler that we all wish Kyrie Sane would have been, but was never given the chance. She was not. So, out of the kendo sticks, how would you rate this match? Well, since we have a Raw champion on SmackDown, uh, and just it being sloppy, uh, two out of five kendo sticks. Nice. I rated it 3.5 because of, I mean, the big moments that happened. EO looked great. The powerbomb off the top rope was pretty cool. Bianca winning, I'm not a big fan of Super Cena, but, you know, it is what it is. But I'm interested to see how this next week they're going to play out with the champions before we spoil what happens later on in the show. How are they going to take the Raw champion to SmackDown exclusive? Yeah, I don't don't understand. And apparently Vince is pissed about the brand split and he doesn't like it. And who knows? He doesn't like anything that involves change. Well, tough shit, old man. You got no more power. That's all Endeavor's thing. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have a cool moment, and I called it before texting with you, that we would have a Salvio Vega appearance because he was the original Puerto Rican bad guy. He was that badass dude from Puerto Rico, and he presents Bad Bunny with a Puerto Rican design kendo stick, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a special moment. Like, you could just tell. Like, I, I don't know if that was scripted or whatever. Like, it's wrestling. Of course, they might have been scripted. But, like, they played it off as a very special moment. They did. And then they followed that special moment with a match that my first note is, why? Doesn't make sense. No storyline. We're talking about the Monday Night Messiah, Seth freaking Rollins against the Nigerian Giant, Omos, who even Corey Graves said, and I retweeted it, or I quote tweeted or whatever. It says, no one survives the wrath of Omos. And I believe I'm coming back, but Omos' wrath never wins him a match. <laughs> it it doesn't. I don't understand where they're going with this. Is it another, oh, he big guy, he's strong, he do things in ring. That's kind of played its course over the past, I don't know, 50, 60 years. And my first note is, Jesus, why? <laughs> <laughs> and we got a cool cool moment. The crowd loved Seth Rollins like every crowd does now. They even spotlighted him standing in the ring while the crowd sang his entrance music. And then all of a sudden, Omos literally kicks his head off. Yeah, and my second note is, Omos didn't let the crowd sing. Major boo. (laughs) And overall, this match is what I anticipated it was going to be. It was better than I thought it was going to be. 
because, I mean, Omos had his moments, but so did Rollins. Omos stopped the curb stomp with his neck. I mean, he has a big neck. like He does. But, I mean, other than that, there was moments. But it took a curb stomp, a double curb stomp, from the top rope, you know, essentially a coup de gras. Mm-hmm. For Rollins that was the, to beat Omos. That was the coolest spot of the match. Yeah, thank God, because that was the ending of it, and we didn't have to watch that anymore. Correct. Which, thinking about this, I believe I have another episode on my career comparison with Omos and someone from the 90s, but n- we'll find that out when it gets released. How did you rate this match? Uh, negative one out of five kendo sticks. <laughs> I gave it three out of five. I'm still not completely down on Omos as potential, but at some point, the big dude's got to win. He has to win, and he can't just keep being prated around as this guy that's going to whip your ass and he loses. That's like the bully at school telling you to take your lunch money, and you're like, okay, you can have it. And he's like, huh? Yeah. (laughs) coaches, It's like that school that has the badass entrance and then gets waxed 49 to nothing. Yeah, uh, it's like that one video that went around. It's like the offensive line came out in a hog trailer. Yes. And it's like, huh, imagine that and just getting dog walked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, and you pointed this out, and until I had noticed it, I, until you said something, I didn't notice it. I did not notice the crowd was counting in Spanish for the one, two, three. That was- they were. They did all night, and I was like, it makes sense, but I was like, is this a point to point out? Like, they're in, you know, in Puerto Rico. Like, is that <laughs> something to point out? But it was really cool. Like, it was a nice touch. It was. And the next match on the card, the U.S. title match, the almighty Bobby Lashley against the best rehire of the Triple H era, Bronson Reed, versus, I guess, the future Austin Theory. And the match was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Big moments, big big men slapping meat, <laughs> quote Biggie. And as much as I disliked the winner, it was the right person. It was the right person because theory, people don't like him because they think he's going to be John Cena 2.0. I kind of want him to be John Cena 2.0 because we kind of have that missing in WWE right now. We don't have a Cena kind of person that can, you know, rise above hate and do all this stuff. But they, they're they missing an opportunity to turn Theory face. That's that's going to be big. This His upcoming right now reminds me a lot of the way the corporate version of The Rock was. The untouched, mm. the undone shirt, the six-pack underneath, the sunglasses, the I'm better than you, I didn't got to do shit. That's what it reminds me of is the, the corporate version of The Rock. And I'm down for that. Now that you mention it, yeah. But the best superstar in this match tonight was Bronson Reed. He looked, and I've called him Baby Bam Bam since he <laughs> debuted because that's what he's been. But, yeah, my first my first note is Reed has the moves like Jagger. <laughs> I mean, I loved it because the ending of it was 
Reed hit a Reed goes for a tsunami. He misses. Gets hit by a spear. Then Theory throws Lashley out of the ring. Pins Bronson Reed. Does Reed need to eat the pin? Probably not. But overall, the match delivered. Theory once again as the bad guy steals the victory. A lot of the way Seth Rollins used to do, but none of us call that out. But out of Kendo, out of five Kendo sticks, how did you rate this match? So it was actually out of you know the two matches we saw previously. I was like, this was match of the night so far. It kept me entertained. Uh, it made me it made me wish I could move like Bronson Reed, and not like dislocate my knee. Um, yeah, I got it four out of five. We were pretty similar. I said three point eight out of five, just because of the length of it. It seemed very short to me. It may not have been, but it seemed, you know, compacted. Yeah, I think they may have spent too much time with uh, Seth and Omos, maybe, even though that that felt like an eternity anyway. Yeah, it did. And speaking of what felt like an eternity, the next match, the SmackDown women's title match, which normally the champion does not come out first. That is Rhea Ripley. But because of her opponent and where she's from, Selena Vega had to come out last. Yeah, and, you know, the crowd was electric for her, too, and just her homage to, I forget who they say it was, her grandfather or whoever it was. I forget. I apologize. But her costume was right on cue, and I I even texted you. I was like, Captain Puerto Rico. Like, that's what she looked like. And like I even put a homecoming pop for Vega was huge. And one of the coolest moments was early on in the match, Selena Vega's mom gave her a chonkla to throw. And Michael Cole on air going, if you don't know Hispanic, uh, the heritage, the chonkla is a big thing. I teach in a school that's like 65% Hispanic. We have kids that run around and they call them chonkla kids. And they're they're white kids, but the Hispanic kids call them chunkla kids because they hear the chunkla slapping on the floor. And it's the funniest thing. But she threw oh her chunkla at Rhea Ripley. And, and uh perfect. Go, going on the note of what you said about uh Michael Cole saying that, and I go, as an Appalachian person, I mean you both know what it's like to get hit with anything, including a shoe. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Selena Vega looked phenomenal in this match. Obviously, the crowd was behind her because of where she's from, which was Puerto Rico. But she looked really good. Yeah, she looks ready for a Money in a Bank match um, that I'm hoping that she's a part of. And as the two women that lost tonight, they both look like major players in the Money in the Bank match with Io Sky and Selena Vega. Mm, that's going to be great. Like, whoever gets that, uh, some guy on Twitter, he said, like, I want EO Sky to win. And I was like, I don't care. That's a golden briefcase no matter who wins it because I'm down for both. Correct. And it was really cool that Rhea Ripley exited the ring after she retained her belt. And they had a standing ovation. It was like, if you watch it, the crowd waited for Rhea to get completely out of the ramp. And then everybody stood in unison and applauded Selena Vega for her match, which was, to me, it was very heartwarming. And you saw that on her face as a native Puerto Rican. 
Yeah, I, that's really great on Rhea. Like that kind of tells you the kind of person she is. She's not the person she portrays. No, no, she's not. So out of five candlesticks, how did you rate this match? I gave it three. But I gave it 3.75 just because of how strong Vega looked. I think we all knew what the outcome was going to be. But Vega looking strong, I think, was important. Yeah. So the next match, and I'm really shocked, and I will argue that this match should have been the main event because of how the next two matches after it went. This match should have been the main event. And I'm not even sure if you can call it a street fight. It was more of a experience. It was, uh, sorry. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest in the San Juan street fight. It was an experience. I feel like it was a, you're showing to get your ass whipped kind of match. Pretty much. I thought it was cool that Priest wore the same gear that him and Bad Bunny tag teamed with at, I want to say, 38. 38 or 37, one of those. Yeah, it was one of those. And uh, it was the same gear. But when Bad Bunny comes out, he debuted his new theme music, which the crowd sang word for word, which, okay. Obviously, I'm not a big Bad Bunny follower. I play it in my PE classes. I don't understand a single word of what's said. But my kids love it, so I play Bad Bunny, even though I probably shouldn't, because most of it's not clean. <laughs> but he he debuted his theme, and he brings out a cart full of weapons with him, which I thought was pretty cool. And out of the gate, he hits a Mishinoko driver, which was like, oh, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, um, going back on the... I put Bad Bunny rolls out what can be seen as a San Juan ass-kicking buggy. That's probably <laughs> the most redneck way of putting that. A San Juan ass-kicking buggy. I love that. And, you know, the crowd's electric for Bunny, not so much for Priest, even though I didn't know this. Michael Cole was like, they grew up in the same neighborhood. I was yep. like, did they? Like, I didn't know that. They were both Puerto Rican, and they same neighborhood, hometown heroes, essentially. And they're the native sons of Puerto Rico, which I thought was pretty cool. And Priest toyed with Bad Bunny a lot in this match. And Priest deserves a massive round of applause for his performance in this match. To the level of superstar that he is, to do what he did, that's pretty dang cool. Yeah, and, you know, it's not an easy job, like being the wrestler that has to go in there with the celebrity, even though this celebrity has proven he can do it. It's, it's not an easy job to do because there's so many factors that go into wrestling that people don't understand that can go wrong. And this is a multi-million dollar person that you're flinging around. It's the biggest Latino superstar in the world. And Correct. there were some cool moments like priest hits his broken arrow through a table And all of a sudden, then Bad Bunny starts destroying Priest's left knee. And as someone who's had knee surgery, my knee ached so much watching that happen. Because, like, the chair shots on the ring post, those are hard to fake. Yeah. I mean, and getting your knee slammed into the ring post is hard to fake. Like, come on. Even with knee pads. But 
right after this, we get the judgment day. Dom and Balor run in. <clears throat> and this starts off a just echelon of badass crap. <laughs> yeah, like it was like five minutes of, holy God, who else is coming out? <laughs> and, you know, I do have a, one of my notes was Judgment Day didn't have to interfere. I'm so done with interference in matches, even though this match was calling for an interference. Uh, I blame that on the bloodline and Roman. But anyway, uh, I'm glad they interfered. So, <laughs> Me too. But- Judgment Day runs in, and I'm thinking, and I even had on my notes prior, here comes the LWO. Well, I didn't anticipate it was just going to be Rey Mysterio. And then when he starts getting the shit kicked out of him, we hear a theme music that we haven't heard since the Royal Rumble of 2021 when we're still in the Thunderdome. None other than Carlito. <laughs> and he looks jacked as shit. And I think I even, when WWE sent it out, I'm hoping this is more than just a one-night run. I do, too, because it looks like he's ready for, like, a full-time run again. And it'd be way better than his previous joke. Like, his previous run, I'll say that. When he came back at the Royal Rumble in 2021, I thought we were going to get a full return. And we didn't. I mean, obviously, we were still shut down for still a little bit of a chunk of 21. But maybe now is the right time for him. I mean, he can still do it. Like, he still bit that apple and spit it right in that motherfucker's face. So He did. And we get, at the end, you know, Carlito and Ray chase Dom and Balor out. And all of a sudden, we hear this sweet music and it is Savio Vega full gear Puerto Rican jacket everything and he is going off and all of a sudden he motions to the back and out comes the Latino world order Santos Escobar Cruz del Toro Joaquin Wilde and they just beat the snot out of judgment day there's five on two and Balor kind of waltzes away, and Vega just destroys him. And then he hits the same thing on Dom. And, I mean, as a, as Dom, you know that's got to be such a massive childhood moment for someone you grew up at, grew up watching and idolizing that, hey, this dude just beat my ass. Yeah, and, you know, he was doing those chops that the great colleague is jealous of. So Yeah, well, it's because they didn't kill a man. Exactly. And in, we go back to the ring, and, I mean, at this point, we for, we all forgot there were still dudes in the ring. And I would love to see a camera shot of those two guys. I bet they're sitting back going, it's pretty damn cool. <laughs> I mean, you know Bad Bunny is, because he's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> and then this is insane. Bad Bunny lines up what is modified to his name. Bad Bunny wins with a bunny destroyer. And the right person won this match. And after the match, they all come out to the ring, lift Bad Bunny up, Puerto Rican flags everywhere. This is the match and how the pay-per-view should have ended. Yeah, big missed opportunity on that one. But uh, Bad Bunny, uh, the figure four, was very impressive. Which, if Um, you look at it, he did it like Charlotte Flair. He rose up on his arms. Does that make it a figure eight? Or, in his case, a figure ocho? 
We'll call it a figure ocho. <laughs> but out of five kendo sticks, how did you rate this match? This was match of the night. There's nothing. There's no other match that holds a flame to this match. Even the next two we're going to talk about. It got five out of five for me. That's the same thing. I put five out of five. And I both of us said match of the night because and we we both are like good luck following that. Yeah, because you can't like you you have the hometown boy win. You have Latino superstars holding him up with the Puerto Rico flag. Like that is iconic imagery that we're going to see for years. And it wasn't the it was a co-main event. No, it should have been the main event. And I don't know how you have co-main events with a match in between them. Yeah, no idea. That had to be something Vince cooked up like 10 minutes before the show started. So speaking of the match in between them, the match that, you know, this whole year has included superstars who were the biggest storyline, the Bloodline versus KO and Zayn and Matt Riddle. Zayn and KO three months ago were the hottest thing in the planet. And now they had to follow the best match of the night. And, I mean, it was a good match. And it would have been better had it not followed Priest and Bad Bunny. But, boy, this match was so slow. And I'm not sure if it was due to the speed of the previous match. But this match seemed like it was going in slow motion. Yeah, the crowd was – I felt like the crowd was spent. After that, because when the Usos came out, they were kind of weak. And Riddle came out, they were screaming bro. But then they kept hitting music after music, like once a chant started going. And then they sung Sammy's song for, you know, the rest of the time. But it's like, you could just feel the energy of that crowd was down. Yeah, and I mean, we got a cool moment. And I'm not sure which, I still don't know which Uso is Uso. One of them kicked the other one in the face. And I'm like, all right, here we go. The dissension amongst the ranks. <clears throat> and no, we got that later on when Jay and Solo were arguing. And I bet this is the same thing when, you know, family cookouts. Who gets the bigger chicken breast? Not me. Me. No. Because, you know, real life brothers. Mm-hmm. But the bloodline wins when Solo spikes Matt Riddle for the pin. And, uh, I mean, the match was nothing to write home about. It had its big moments. Zane looked big, everything. But I, it was slow to me. I mean, and it, it's it's a product of following what it did. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I, it was slow. Like I was like, this match will be slow to start. No, it was slow the whole time. And you know, this is going to be the smack heard around the world because Solo was pissed that he got smacked that hard to get tagged back in. Oh, yeah. Um, is, as someone who's got a brother, did your brothers ever slap you like that? Oh, absolutely. And how well did it go for them? Uh, Well, it went, usually went pretty good because my brother was bigger than me. So it was an opposite of what <laughs> you had. <laughs> True. I am quite a bit larger than my little brother who does record with us. But, yeah, I mean, brothers fight. I get that. But for me, Solo looks like the biggest star in that group right now of the three brothers. He is. I think it's because Jimmy and Jay have kind of 
they've almost ran their course. Like they were tag team champs for what almost two years. Yeah, it was a long time. And the bloodline has to be ending soon. This is the inklings of this ending because Roman needs to take a break. Jimmy and Jay need to take a break. Solo can stay around. I like Solo. I do. And we get to see him on SmackDown. Yes. Friday. And I was watching this match and realized there was a moment in that match for a future feud that I did not know that I wanted. I want Solo and KO to feud. And that would be fantastic. Because it's the same person. Two badass dudes who want nothing to do but fight. Yep. And they'll do they'll do absolutely everything they can to fight. So how did you rate this out of kendo sticks? Um two and a half broken kendo sticks. <laughs> I gave it three point two five. It wasn't the worst match. That's coming next. Uh and it wasn't the best one. And I only gave it 3.25 because of the fact that it had to follow what it did. It would have been better had it been before it. But because of what it followed, it was a product of the card placement, which unfortunately sucks for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can only get dealt the cards you, you have. And I, I still don't know how you gave this over a three. I'm, I'm in total shock. <laughs> so... The next match, and I've already said it, it's the worst match on the card for me. You thought this was the worst match of the night? I did, uh, which was really sad because I like both men that were in the match. Uh, it is my lowest rated match of the night. Uh, we're talking about the main event that should not have been the main event. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. And I love Lesnar and I love Cody. But this did not need to be the middle, the, the, the main event. It did not. Um, it needed to be the match before the street fight. Yeah, I would have been cool if this was the match, the street fight main evented, and this was the match before. If they took the street fight and moved to the end and bumped these other two up, I'd have been okay with it. But yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that happened in this match was. Brock getting cut open, and I don't think that was meant to happen at all. Uh, I don't. Someone asked if he bladed. There's no way. He he busted himself open the hard way, and he bled like a stuck hog. Yeah, like he busted himself open on that turnbuckle ring because he went in harder than he probably should have. And I don't think he got his hands up in time because he knocked the crap out of him. Normally, they get their hands up, and he's got his big padded gloves. But still, that's a hard that's a hard coconut to crack, and he happened to do it. Yeah, because not many men could do that in, in an MMA ring. So, no, and we got like before the match even started, Cody attacked Lesnar, trying to throw him off, and Lesnar suplexed him. I don't know nine or ten times, and Cody kicked out, and then Lesnar would kick out of Crossroads, and all this stuff, and then it ends. Lesnar locks a Kimura in, and Cody flips him and gets a three count. We end a pay-per-view with a roll-up three count between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. And I'm okay with it. I don't know. I know you're not. You're obviously very upset about it, and that's fine. But I'm okay with it because 
it, I'm shocked Cody won first off. Like I am, I truly am shocked. I thought it was going to go down like the uh, the John Cena and Brock Lesnar match uh, where oh, the, the steps and SummerSlam. Yes, I thought it was going to go that way, and it can still go that way uh, because I don't think this is the end of it. I predict on Raw Monday, Brock ruins Cody's chance to go into the go into the main event of Raw to fight for the belt at Night of Champions. Like Brock is going to do something to ruin that chance for Cody. So uh, you're saying we're going to get Cody and Brock version two in Saudi? Maybe. Okay. I mean, I can, from that perspective, yes, I can definitely see it. I just if don't it's... like ending a pay-per-view on a roll-up, especially with the, the magnitude of those two superstars. That would be like Taker and Shawn Michaels ending on a small package. Yeah, it's very disappointing. <laughs> it, it, it is, and that's the way I took it is Cody Rhodes just main evented WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar... It has main evented, I don't know how many WrestleManias, and to me, is still one of the top three dudes in WWE, and you end their match on a roll-up? Yeah, but I just, like I said, I think it's to continue the story. And I know, I know Michael Cole was like, he's back on his road to finish the story. And I'm like, yeah, but the Lesnar and Cody story is not over. If anything, it's just going to keep getting added chapters. And yeah. in my end, in my end at SummerSlam, in my end at you know whatever, whatever pay per view. But uh, I just think that this was a good match. I, I thought it was uh, the crowd's electric for Cody, the woes, the everything. It was the only time I got goosebumps tonight. And to be honest with you. Cody doesn't have to win to keep the road to Roman Reigns, which needs to happen. Something needs to happen with that at Royal Rumble or something, but that's way too far in the future. But he doesn't have to win every match that he's in. No. And, and they all don't have to be against Brock Lesnar either. No. I think this, this with the way you just talked, I'm convinced now that this ends at SummerSlam. In Detroit, I say like Lesnar gets his upper hand at Night of Champions, uh, and they've maybe it's a hell in a cell at SummerSlam. So any, I feel like it, if you restrain Brock Lesnar to a regular match, it's going to be a man match that we know what's going to happen. There has to be a no DQ. There has to be something in there that can make the match worth it and we're not there yet with Cody and Brock. There needs to be a no disqualification match. There needs to be a last man standing match that doesn't end in the ring. I hate when last man standing matches end in the fucking ring. That is like the stupidest thing of all time. Well here <laughs> I will I'll give you this. SummerSlam twenty twenty two, we watched Lesnar in a last man standing match in Nashville, live in person. He ended underneath the announcer's table even with the ring tilted up after a tractor, do we get Cody and Brock at SummerSlam in a last man standing match? I like I like your idea better of a hell in a cell. Uh, or uh, 
if they just bring back that same cell that they had the Seth and Cody with the little the top on it and everything. Yeah. I, I would be happy with that. Uh I wouldn't be happy with a steel cage match or a last man standing. Like it has to end in a hell in a cell. Like it has to be a match worth everything they can do to each other. Yeah, and Hell in a Cell should be brought back to it is the end all be all of a feud. It's not a thrown together like the Fiend and Seth Rollins. Hell in a Cell. It did not need to be there. The Hell in a Cell is the end all be all of a feud. And I think we get to that point where it is that this is the only way to contain these two. I don't I, I like your idea that Brock cost Cody maybe in one of the triple threats or maybe the main event of Raw to, uh, on Monday. I mean, the, sto- the story would be better with the main event, but. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and call it. Well, I'd say, uh, do we get a Rollins-Rhodes match or we get Rollins and Balor for the belt and Cody continues to chase that world title and maybe his story finishes with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania next year, not Roman Reigns. That'd be the biggest disappointment in Cody's career. I don't, those three matches that they put together last year were phenomenal. Yes, but do you want Randy Orton and John Cena over and over again? Oh, sweet Jesus! Because that's what it—that's what it's going to turn into if you do that. And but, Seth and Seth needs to turn face at some point. How are we going to get Cody to a SmackDown? Something happens. Yeah, I mean, Money in the Bank. He can't win Royal Rumble back to back years. Obviously, we've seen that winning the Royal Rumble doesn't guarantee you crap anymore, unless you're on the women's side of it. But neither is the Money in the Bank. No, it's the same way, which is upsetting. It is. So Cody can win Money in the Bank. I'd be cool with that. But because that'd be the way he can choose what championship he goes after. That kind of has to be the way they're going. I know the fans want LA Knight or somebody to win it, but I think LA Knight takes. I think LA Knight makes it to the main event of Raw, maybe, probably against Seth Rollins. But anyway, if Cody does not end Roman's championship reign. It is a failure of writing. It's a failure of a storytelling. It's a failure of his return to WWE, and his character does not explode the way it needs to. I, I can see that. I just I want Cody as world champion. To me, right now, we're in the same boat we were when, when he was in AEW. He gets to that match. He loses. He continues to try to fight it. Gets the mid-level title but never crest back up to that. And I don't want a rerun of AEW. We see that all the time anyways. But we won't. We won't. He doesn't need to be in a match for any kind of gold until he faces Roman again. Yeah. That is that is my – that's the only way this gets written correctly. I, I like that. So what if what was your overall take of this whole pay-per-view 
Um, I tweeted out the uh, the ref uh, in the wrestling game where he like swings his arm back, but it sw- it swings around into a thumbs up. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's kind of my reaction because the buildup for this wasn't the best, but Triple H booked it. You could tell, and the booking was the booking was good. So I think. Uh, out of five kendo sticks, this gets about a three point seven five on the premium live event rating. I I respect that. I I'm I'm there with you about the same rating. Uh, the best match was still the street fight or the street fight experience. Uh, Absolutely. Overall, it was a decent pay per view. It was better than some that we've seen. Uh, and it's the final one before we get quote-unquote set rosters this upcoming week. Yeah, and it's going to be crazy to figure out what we're going to do with the championships because SmackDown's on Raw and Raw's on SmackDown. Yeah, and apparently now the tag camps are on co-branded shows, and I'm like, here we go again. Vince didn't didn't like it, so of course he's going to do things that benefit him and not superstars. Nobody likes Vince, so I wish you just go the hell home. But it's one of those, just one of those things that, unfortunately, as WWE fans, we have to just kind of roll with. We got to roll with the punches until the punches kick our ass. Amen. So, any final words on backlash? In the words of LA Knight, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I, I'm i still rating this the best, and I'll put this in quotes, WrestleMania backlash of all time, even though there's only been like three or four of them. Uh, it's still better than any of the other previous ones. And guess what? We did it without the main champion. What does that say about your champion? Um, He's, he's bland and mediocre and does the same stuff, and I can't wait to boo him Friday night. Absolutely. Friday night, live from Thompson Bowling Arena in Nashville. No shit. Knoxville, Tennessee. I live 20 minutes from this arena. I'm an idiot. Uh, We have three of the five members of the family. It's for SmackDown. The other two are cruising in the Bahamas. How dare they? The three of us will be watching SmackDown live. We'll see the new roster, the new people on SmackDown. We'll hopefully, we see Grayson Waller uh, come out and debut against Austin Theory. I think that feud writes itself. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we obviously have plans to boo. Well, you and I do. Steven's kind of indifferent right now. Uh, I don't like Roman. I'm done with him. And it's just it's stale for me. So Friday night. Three of the five members of the family are will be in Knoxville for SmackDown. You've seen our picture. If you see us, say hi. You can come up, high five us, tell us you've listened to us once, listen to 30 seconds of it. I don't care. You listen to us, you're a member of our family, and we greatly appreciate that. And we greatly appreciate Yawn Man for, you know, getting us the tickets to SmackDown. And... Absolutely. Yawn Man goes above and beyond for our group. And you know, and just I just hope he knows that he is loved. Like I hope he knows that. 
absolutely. We are five people that have different visions and fandom of pro wrestling that have all come together to make this podcast work in ways that three years ago I would never have dreamed about. Three years ago, it was just one person. And then it became two, and then three, and then all the way up to five when Mr. Straight Edge joined. And what we've grown from January of 2020 to now May of 2023, approaching 10,000 plays, is absolutely crazy to me. We're in 35 countries around the world. 36, if you break up the UK, it has England and Northern Ireland as as one country. But that's astronomical to me. Something that you ha- you encouraged me to do to help my mental health in January of 2020 before we all shut down. And to look at where it is now, that, it's amazing. I mean, <clears throat> it blows my mind. Like, And I know you said in the last podcast, but just thanks to New Zealand. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> incredible. And, and I'll say this, and we'll end right here with a yawn man quote. It absolutely baffles me that people around the world want to listen to five idiots talk about pro wrestling. And remember, when the bell tolls, the match is over.